0: To heal a fractured world. To bring unity where there is strife and division. That we would be stronger in the broken places. Jesus is sticky. Wherever he went, he attracted crowds. People followed him. They just wanted to touch the hem of his garment, and they knew they would be healed. Jesus is calling us to join him in working to put a shattered world back together. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, people who are lost would be reconciled to God, brought into a right relationship with God, made right with God. We find evidence of this divine purpose foretold by the prophets in the Old Testament and heralded in the gospels and in the letters of the New Testament. For example, the prophet Isaiah wrote, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Luke, the gospel writer, tells us about a year into Jesus' public ministry that he went back into the area of Galilee where the news about him began to circulate and spread through the whole countryside. Jesus taught in the synagogues. And everyone, says Luke, praised him. Then he went to his hometown and declared his purpose. And Luke tells us what happened next. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on his Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, making all things new. Though most people rejected him in his own hometown, this was his purpose. And in Revelation 21, John the Apostle, who witnessed a vision of heaven, wrote, He, meaning Jesus, who was seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they are true. And when Paul wrote to the Christians at Colossae, he wanted to encourage them to be steadfast in their work for the gospel, the life-changing gospel. While he was never physically there with them, he longed to be with them. Chapter 2 tells us that. He received reports from the church leaders who chronicled their struggles. Paul prayed that they would have patience and endurance as they struggled to remain faithful in the face of persecution and trial. I love this passage. It's dear to my heart. I've prayed through it many times, and if some of you have been in the hospital or if you've been having a hard time, uh, sometimes this is the passage that you might Recall, I have shared with you during those times. Paul is praying that we would have patience and endurance in our struggles. The people at Colossae struggled with false teaching of Gnosticism, and they were prone to slide back into their pagan ways before they knew the Lord. While chained to a, a Roman guard, Paul was led to write to them. And we now have this beautiful yet complex, rich passage of scripture to treasure it's what theologians call a christological treasure meaning it points very highly to jesus the supreme lord who was with god in the beginning in the beginning as john writes was the word and the word was with god and the word was god paul is picking up on this exact message in this passage He reminded them of the power they have in Christ Jesus, that Christ is, quote, before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hence, Jesus is sticky. Without him, I believe everything falls apart. Think about Have you ever made a decision and you just did it on your own? Often those are times where things just don't go very well. And we realize, I didn't even pray about it. I just kind of did my own thing. Lord, help me make decisions where you are before all things. When it comes to holding things together, thinking of this passage, Jesus is stickier than the most super of glue. Jesus is stronger than any covalent bond. Jesus is tougher than Teflon. Without him, everything will just falls apart. It sounds strange, but Jesus is the glue. He holds everything together, and I believe that with all my heart. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. All things have been created through him and for him before the creation of Jesus was part of the creation of the world before long before his birth in Bethlehem. As the eternal Son of God, he continues to live and dwell among us in our spirits through the power of the Holy Spirit with a powerful bond. Jesus, I believe, is all about adhesion. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to be fully devoted to him. He wants us to commit all of our lives to him, to give up everything for him, and to navigate this complex world We need to stick with Jesus and to stick to Jesus who gives us strength, patience, power, endurance, and forgiveness of our sins. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get, I feel unstuck. God is never distant from us, but sometimes I feel distant from God. I feel far from God, and it's me who needs to come back. He's always waiting on me to come. Sometimes there are things that distract us or that get in the way that can cause that to happen. Distractions that can divide and detract our attention. I did a little research on marketing, advertising and marketing, and there's nothing wrong with advertising and marketing. In fact, my wife is in that industry. It's, it can be used for very good, and it can be very helpful. But sometimes it can be used in such ways that we can become very distracted, and companies can look at us as just a way to monetize and, and uh, uh, bring up the bottom line for shareholders. I did a quick Google search. And do you know how many ads the average American sees daily? This is staggering. Several sources verified this. The average American sees anywhere from 4,000 to 10,000 ads per day. Back in, 19, in the 70s, the average American saw between 500 and 1,600 ads per day. Companies know that clever marketing sticks, and it can draw us in and help us to consume their products. Often, especially social media, know the things that can cause our brains to lock in on something, to feel good. They know the chemicals within our brains that uh, are released when we see something that makes us feel good. And they play on us and send messages to us, and we may not even realize it, and we're stuck. We're hooked. Last year, YouTube made $28.8 billion in ad revenue. What? Can you believe that? Meta, the company who owns Facebook, made one hundred and fifteen billion dollars from advertising last year. And if you're a Pinterest user, 83% of Pinterest users have bought an item advertised on their platform. Wow. A writer in the Atlantic Magazine addresses this issue and how technology plays a part in distracting us and hooking us on things that they want us to do plays on our God-given senses and emotions, as I said earlier. The longer that we focus our eyes on the screens, the more hours we spend and the longer we engage, the more vulnerable we are to our vices and the more enriched their bottom line. We may not even realize the ads that we see. Sometimes there's a box that appears on our phone or our computer, and we don't want it, and there's a little X, and we can click to close it. Well, they monetize those clicks, and they know, well, that's another thing that Bob Lee doesn't like. Let's try this. And they keep sending it and keep sending it until finally there's a a hit, and then you get more of the same. And this works with news. If you think you're getting real legitimate news from social media, think again. Generally, it's what you want to see, and you get more of it because of the way the algorithms are designed. Their goal is to get us stuck, and it's distracting for us. Think about this. Like a stock portfolio manager, the writer in The Atlantic, he he writes of paid search manager uh, executives Who maintain word lists with dollar signs attached to them. And these are constantly bidded out and monetized. For example, he gives three. Divorce lawyer in Reno costs a dollar forty-five per click, and the revenue is 90 cents per click. Nevada cheap divorce cost per clip 75 cents. Revenue, $1.10. Nevada divorce lawyer, cost per click, $5.55. Revenue per click, $2.75. That's just the tip of the iceberg. We must be careful of where we focus our eyes, where we give our hours, and how we engage ourselves. And this message of sticky faith is to come back to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Getting a little vulnerable with you here this morning now, I looked at my phone, my my iPhone, and I checked my screen time. I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but have you ever looked at your screen time, some of you? Well, last week, my average daily phone screen time was three hours and thirty-five minutes. I said, "What? Three and a half hours on my phone a day." The average over last week was twenty-five hours and seven minutes. Now I, I do some good things. I, I listen to podcasts and uh, while I work out and so forth, and I do a good bit of work on my phone. But still, three and a half hours. A day, staring at my device. And then it'll tell you how many times you pick it up a day. They call it pickups. Guess how many? 479 times for me. What? Yeah. That's distracting. I need to do the work of evaluating what I do on the phone. And just think about all the other things that can be distracting that take us our eyes off of Jesus. My point here is that we need God's help to focus on what matters most. God, family, relationships, friendships, our church, the practice of our faith, our spiritual disciplines, keeping Jesus Christ at the center, with sticky faith. So what's Paul saying through verse 17 in particular? I believe he's saying that God wants Christians with a faith that sticks. And there are three ways. One, God wants faith with our eyes. He wants us to keep our eyes fixed on him. In verse 15, he says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Yes faith is believing in that which we cannot see but God has given us Jesus and Paul says he is the image in Greek it's the icon of the invisible God. If you know what Jesus said if you know what if you want to know what my father is like you have seen him if you have seen me. If you looked at Jesus you understand who the father is and what he's like. Hebrews says we fix our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So may we focus our eyes on Jesus Christ, to give him our undivided attention, second he wants the hours of our days in verse ten he he's talking about our life devotion that we might bear fruit in every good work, not only in our spiritual lives and through church but also it at at work and in school and whatever we do, so he wants the he wants Faith with our eyes. He wants us to have faith in our hours. And God wants us to engage our faith, meaning that we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. That we know that God is supreme in our worship and in our work. Here's some very practical helps. How do we engage our faith? First, you're doing it right now you're worshiping. Worship is a lifestyle. And I'm so thankful that we are able to worship in person. I'm thankful for those who are able to worship online and be part of this community. Worship is the supreme thing that we do in relationship with God. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That is worship. And the writer of Hebrews says, let us never cease to Meeting together, it's critically important that we're part of the family of God and that we worship as a body of Christ. Number two, a way to engage our faith to give thanks. In Colossians one verses twelve through fourteen, Paul prays that we would joyfully give thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to in, to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of the light. Let us give thanks. Let us rejoice in thanksgiving. Perhaps you might try a gratitude journal. That's something that I've experienced before, and I am going to, over the next 30 days, begin each day to record something I'm thankful for. And I would encourage you, between now and the week of Christmas, to take time each day to reflect on that for which you are thankful and write it down. That way you can look back on it and remember the goodness of God. Or you might send a note to somebody each day for 30 days. I would encourage you, maybe both of those would work, but to write a note to one person a day over the next month and let them know how thankful you are for them. Aaron Everett student pastor gave this little sticker to me today and he's using these in the youth group and they say it's a little sticker you can write somebody's name in the middle of it and it says I am grateful for and you give it to that person and he said that he has some extras of these if you would like one just see him and you can use this in your notes and then finally we can engage our faith by serving There are so many ways that we can engage as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ through Huguenot Road Baptist Church to help serve the homeless through Caritas, to distribute food to the Chesterfield County Food Bank, to be a reader in our Child Development Center, to serve in Christmas Vacation Bible School, which is the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday before Christmas, to engage in one of our three Baptist centers to help with clothing and food to sign up for Virginia Baptist Disaster Relief. We need greeters for our ovation concert that that, that are coming up in December. We have needs for people to help with our Christmas program and, of course, uh, tomorrow night with the Deck the Halls to decorate the sanctuary and the gym. I could go on and on. There are all kinds of opportunities. Imagine the ways that you could help Kiara and our children's ministry team and our hand-to-hand children's ministry. Would you talk to her about ways that you can assist. But whatever you do, as Paul writes in Colossians 3.17, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Faith calls us to a love relationship with Jesus, God's Son, who holds all things together. And I think that the word, help us as I conclude the message today something lifting me up something holding me down something to give me wings and something to hold my feet on the ground I've got all I need Jesus and gravity Jesus I've got Jesus she says I've got Jesus he's my everything he lifts me up he gives me wings He gives me hope, and he gives me strength, and that's all I'll ever need, Jesus and gravity. Have a sticky faith. Worship the Lord God through Jesus who holds all things.